Dad, what was it like growing up with nine siblings? Whoa, nine siblings. Well, early on, of course, we didn't have nine, but we had we added a lot as we went along. I was I was the third, born in Ithaca, New York, while my father was still in law school. And um, I think within a year, I was born in 49, so I think by 51, he had graduated law school, got a job up in Utica, New York, and we stayed in um, a small set of apartments called Gilmore Village. So at that point, it was probably Kathy, Bobby, Peter, three of us. I just have a vague memory maybe at being two or three, playing cowboys and Indians with my brother Bobby and making a bow and arrow out of like a stick and a piece of twine and a straight another piece of stick for the arrow. And we'd shoot at each other and fortunately didn't knock any eyes out or we'd run around and hide. Um, we then moved to New Hartford, New York, six Allport Place, where then we did add, you know, Nick, Andy, Joan, Carol, Rich, John, Tom. Um, probably the nicest memory of being in a big family with seven boys, only three girls, was we always had enough to play some sports. Baseball, football. I played with my brother Bobby a lot. We had a basketball hoop, so we could play basketball. We played baseball either in the backyard or even actually in the, in the road in front of the house, which is a pretty quiet street. We'd um, play that. Um, my father taught us this game, one a cat. So he would play with us on like a weekend. And we'd go, actually go down to the playground with a real playground. So he would be the pitcher. And then we got Bobby, Peter, Nick, Joan, Kathy, five probably, five or six baseball players. So um, the way you play one a cat is um, you don't have two teams. Everybody's in the field except the batter. And you can you have to pick your field, either right field or left field. Otherwise, it's a foul ball. And there's only one base, first base and home. So um, with just our family, we could play a full baseball. You'd have three or four people in the field, my father pitching, and a batter. And the batter's got to get to first base or home, and then it's a home run. Hmm. Um so that was nice. Another fond memory is um, on a summer night, my father actually would announce at the dinner table while after we had all finished eating, he would say, who wants to go golfing? And of course, I would raise my hand. My brother Bobby would raise his hand. My mother would raise her hand and the four of us would drive off to Hamilton College, about 20 minutes away, that had a nine-hole golf course, free of charge, since my father was an alumnus. And we played nine holes of golf on a nice summer evening. Um, 
while my big sister Kathy stayed home watching all the babies. Um, so that was pretty nice having a big sister babysitter where we could just run out and play golf. What age did you start playing golf? So probably seven or eight. Mm. Um, was it just a natural talent from the beginning? Well, I don't know how much talent we we didn't have any children's clubs, so we all used um, <laughs> my father's leftover clubs. Uh, so maybe I was 10. I don't know, seven or eight. Hard to tell what age I was. Um, I was pretty good if I could tee up the ball, you know, because you get it off the ground. Off the ground, is you kind of dub it along a little bit. But anyways, I enjoyed it and enjoyed it. I'm still playing golf. 50 years, 60, 60 years later. So I don't remember growing up hearing you ask us who wants to go play golf. <laughs> nice summers. Nice. Well, I played with Elizabeth once or twice. I think I invited all of you several times. I think Kate declined. <laughs> I played with Ellen once, and um, after she whiffed it three times, I told her to throw it onto the green. <laughs> And she was so insulted, she walked off the course. <laughs> and she's never played again. Liz, I think you did buy clubs at one point. What happened to you? What's what's up with your yeah, golf? Yeah, golf career? was my uh, my gym, my PE in at oh. Cornell. Yeah, Dad bought me a, a set of clubs at Dick's Sporting Goods. And I got the big red bag, and I would just go out. I just had to play ten times. I had to just, like, register at the pro shop and then just go and play. But didn't have really any instruction, so (laughs) I didn't get any better. (laughs) I remember going to the um, driving range growing up. We'd go to the driving range. Kate, I remember, I think you were a pretty good golfer at the driving range, but I don't remember you ever... I think I played once nine holes and was bored by four. Okay. (laughs) Many times I think you declined. Yeah, I was too impatient. Yeah, Yeah, same. I would say your daughters weren't great at games like pool, darts, golf, where it was really a mental game. Well, you know, all, all, all sports and games can be a mental game, but... I think we excelled more in physical games. Right, where you get into the action and you just have to respond quickly mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to sitting there looking at the ball, standing still, Talking trying to, to decide. Drawing the, drawing the line from the ball to the <laughs> hole mentally. Right, right. Golf is, a, is actually, someone once said, it's 90% mental and 10% physical. So maybe we'll eventually get there. But okay, so back at the dinner table. So the dinner table was a very big part of growing up and actually noticing that I had a big family because even though my father was an attorney, he was come home for dinner every night. And by clockwork, by six o'clock, we were always sitting around the dinner table. And, um, it was a pretty good routine, so my father would have all the... He would serve out the meat. And then the person to his right would serve out the potatoes, and the next person would serve out the vegetable. So he would pick up a plate, 
and put the meat on it, pass it to the next person. And uh, there were probably at least eight of us or nine of us around the table <clears throat> at all times. And, the, and of course, the plate would then go all the way around the table to the person on his left. Um, I do remember, because he had to apportion the meat and there was never much meat <laughs> for 10, he always saved a nice piece for my mother. I always noticed that because you could, you were always watching what you were going to get. <laughs> um, and I turned out to be a fast eater because at some point near the end of the dinner, he would say, who wants seconds? And you'd raise your hand, but you wouldn't get seconds unless your plate was clean. <laughs> so you had to eat up quickly. Um, and my father was always lead a discussion at the table of something he read in the New York Times or in the news, and we would have a little family discussion um, at times, almost every night, I would think. Did the men dominate the discussion? No, 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 not at all, because, um, you know, Kathy's my oldest sister, so she was probably the smartest um, Joni, my second sister, was certainly the loudest <laughs> and most assertive, <clears throat> um, always wanting to get her voice in the mix. So I wouldn't say that at all. I would say the girls certainly held the all, certainly obviously the el older ones, mm -hmm. Kathy, Bobby, Peter, Nick, Joan, Andy, <clears throat> piped in the most. Did you have assigned seats around the table? No, no. We just showed up, but you better be there because um, I think my mom would call us all down. Dinner's ready. Dinner's ready. You know, if you're in the middle of homework or <clears throat> certainly if you're outside playing baseball, you heard the dinner bell, you, you know, you better get going because um, she didn't like late people. Mm. You're holding up the whole dinner table. And did you say grace before? Yes, we said the Catholic grace. Bless us, O Lord, for these thy gifts which we are about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. And we can't eat before we say the grace. No lifting of the forks, otherwise. And then would you have to excuse yourself when you left the table, or how did you... Well, nobody could leave until oh. everyone's done. <laughs> oh. And then everyone would pick up their own plate. Clear it off. My father would excuse my mother from the dishes and have her go read the newspaper. And he would wash. We didn't have any dishwashers. He would wash the dishes. Um, I was a designated dryer. I had to dry them. And then um, Kathy, Bobby, and Nick would, and Joan would clear the table you know, throw the garbage away, save the food in the fridge, put everything away, sweep the floor, clean up the whole kitchen. Um, often we'd sing songs um, while we were working. Um, my mother had posted on the cupboard just over the sink a saying from Kael Gabran, work is love made visible, which we never understood. So. <laughs> 
until we had our own children. Um, but it was a very happy time. Um, hard, hardly any fights, but the boys did fight. Um, you know, nothing more than a punch or two. <laughs> more wrestling, you know, mm. no punches at, mm. on the face. More wrestling down. One of my favorite stories about sibling fighting is um, at one point, Bobby and I were babysitting. Kathy was not around. My mother was not around. So, um, and we were out on the lawn and um, my brother Nicky was out there and we told Nicky, you know, don't do this. Maybe like go in the road or go too far into the neighbor's yard. And of course he did. And Bobby and I, we were our own, you know, punishment group. We didn't need our mother <laughs> for discipline purposes. So Nick needed to be punished. So we start chasing after him. And it's just a matter of time before we're going to catch him, you know, and penalize him, whatever that meant. But he, got, he made it to the house. And he made it to the downstairs bathroom, which was small enough. And he must have planned this. So he could sit against one wall with his back and his feet were against the door. So even though there was no lock on the door, we couldn't open the door because he was like jammed in. Um, now he couldn't get up, but he, so he had to sit there and he was just happy <laughs> sitting there. And we were pretty frustrated that he, you know, our younger brother... Um, managed to escape our punishment. But the bathroom did have a window. <laughs> and we had a hose. <laughs> so Bobby and I put it together. We got, there was a tall window, so we needed to get a ladder. So we got the ladder. And uh, I think one of us would figure out, we'd throw the hose in the window and he'd have to get up and run out the door, and the other one would be at the door to capture him. <laughs> so uh, I can't remember which end I was at. I think I was at the, with the hose end. And uh, so I told my brother Bobby, turn the hose on. <laughs> and he turned it on, and we're hosing poor Nick down in the bathroom. <laughs> and my mother drives in the driveway. <laughs> So immediately we turn the hose off, we run in the house. I think someone was trying to stall my mother and the rest of us were just trying to clean up the water in the bathroom. <laughs> and I don't think she ever caught us on that one. <laughs> but I think Bobby and I figured out we beat Nick on that. I, <laughs> I think we got him back. We hosed him down. And, and what were the sleeping arrangements like? Well, um, so we had uh, five bedrooms upstairs, and we had then a, an attic above that, which was at some point finished off. And the attic slept three of us boys. Um, and then... 
the other five bedrooms, one of the bedrooms had, you know, was my parents' room with an adjoining, like, nursery. And three other rooms for the girls or whoever else was left over. Um, so the ba- the, so the attic was like the primo. That was like the suite, <laughs> you know, far enough away from everybody. Um, got your own stairs. Got a pretty big space. Um, I had a desk to study by. Um, it was a nice window, dormer window. Um, but the, and the girls always wanted it, <laughs> especially Joni and Carol. Um, I think Kathy might have been away at college at the time, but Joni and Carol lobbied unceasingly to get the attic, and they talked to my mother, and my mother said, no, no, the boys are up there, the boys are up there. Well, one day, she, my mother checked on the attic, and it was a mess, <laughs> so she kicked us out of the attic <laughs> and finally put Joni and Carol up in the attic. They lasted one day. <laughs> They saw a spider, which, of course, there's spiders all throughout attics. And they were out of there. I'm not even sure they got through a night. So, anyway, we got back. We got our attic back. One other good story about the attic was, so around the 4th of July, we would always score some firecrackers. Mm. So my brother Bobby and I... We'd get these firecrackers from somebody, get a pack of matches, go behind the garage in the backyard, and like, you know, they were little poppers. <laughs> but we were pretty excited about it. And um, we'd throw it and never got caught. So then one day we got bold. We said, let's throw them out the attic window. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we open up the attic window, get the firecrackers up there, and throw them out the front, the front, right in the front of the house. No problem until one of the neighbors, Mrs. Dillon, <laughs> saw us and heard the popping and called our mother. Oh, no. Grounded. Ground it again. No more firecrackers. <laughs> we got caught that time. And I, yeah, I think I remember you saying you had to come home for lunch every day. That's from school? From, in grammar school, so I went to St. John the Evangelist, and they had walkers and lunch people. Evidently, there wasn't enough space for everybody to eat lunch there. So if you're within walking distance of the school, you were supposed to, you were called a walker. <laughs> <laughs> and of course I never walked I always ran home um, and and I they must have staggered the classes because I don't ever remember walking to school I would walk with all my brothers and sisters for lunch I just ran home by myself <laughs> I don't remember walking with cause like I, with your backpack or no? There was no backpack. Oh. <laughs> no backpacks. Okay. You, I don't know what we did with books and homework. I'm not sure the nuns let us take books home. They must have. We must have had homework, I guess. So I guess we did take one or two books home. But this was at lunchtime. You wouldn't take a book home. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think we just carried books loose. Mm. I don't remember any type of bag for the books. But we would have to come home. We'd come home, and my mother would make a lunch, and then we'd run back, and um, <laughs> which was a fun time because they were still having recess, which was a, you know everybody playing around in the yard, and um, the walkers would join the bus people. <laughs> um, is that where you got into your running career? That was probably the beginning Sorry. of my running career. We did have our our school had two sports. <clears throat> no, one sport, basketball. I played basketball in the 7th and 8th grade teams. Was sort of good 8th grade. I made the all-star team um, and like started. Like all-star New Hartford or all-star St. John's? St. John's. Oh. <laughs> St. John's, which was the only Catholic grammar school in New Hartford. Um, but we, So we would play against all the Utica schools. Mm. Um, and they probably had 10 or 12 um, Catholic grammar schools mm. um, but I do remember in 8th grade so there was a citywide CYO CYO is the Catholic Church League uh, track me and um, we did have a, although all, all of my teachers almost all of the teachers 90% of them were nuns we happened to have uh, some male teacher out of the blue who was teaching one class, and he volunteered to coach the track team. So five or ten of us said, yeah, yeah, we'll be on the track team, and went out and, you know, ran the track. Now, unfortunately, the longest distance was only 440 yards. <laughs> you know, the 100, 200, 440, maybe long jump. Um, so I did run the 440, and they ran it in one heat <laughs> with about... 50 runners, <laughs> and I didn't place. I do remember um, one more track episode. We had, uh, in the summer, we used to always have, go to the playground, my brother Bobby and I, and that was a lot of fun because you could play games. Um, we they had baseball. We could play uh, played baseball, um, and... Um, the end of the at the end of the summer, there was a track meet. At least one year, then there was only one year that I remember that we had a track meet. Anyway, so I entered the eight eighty, <clears throat> and um, there were probably ten runners. Anyway, at the after the first lap, I was way ahead of everybody, and everybody was saying. Oh, Banker's going to die. <laughs> he ran too fast. Oh, he's going to fade out. But I didn't fade, and I beat everybody like by yards and yards and yards. So. And you didn't practice or anything before. You just sign up and show up? Oh, yeah. No, no, oh. no. And that was probably about 7th or 8th grade. Mm. So that gave me a little hint. Um, mm. But... I actually didn't go off for cross country in high school. I, I tried to foot. I tried to go off for football, which was the competing sport in in the fall, and um, didn't make the football team, which is probably a good idea. Otherwise, I might be banged up by now. I only weighed like 110 pounds. <laughs> um, wasn't exactly a football athlete. 
although we played a lot of touch football in the backyard, so I thought I was oh, football savvy, but maybe not. So then in the spring, was that track? So, um, yeah, actually, it um, in one of the gym sessions we had when we were, when I was a freshman in the fall during cross country season, they and I was in the same gym class with three or four of the people on the freshman cross country team. They said, uh, "Okay, we're going to run cross country today," you know, and they mapped out like a one mile run. You know, just enough for a, and I like came in first. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I beat all the cross country runners. <laughs> oh my God. And the and the gym teacher said, "Oh yeah, you should be running cross country." And across all the cross country runners said, "Well, it's too late now. <laughs> <laughs> Season's all over." Um, so then I said, "Well, I'm." Maybe I'm good at this. I'll try track, which is a spring sport. So I mm. ran track. In those days, they even as a, a freshman, you couldn't run varsity. You were in freshman. They had a freshman team and a varsity team. Um, <clears throat> so I ran the mile as a freshman. And this other guy with me, we both ran. We were very competitive. We He always beat me, but I was like a second behind him. Um, and our times beat the varsity times. We were running like five-minute miles as freshmen and uh and sophomore year he quit the team and i then they actually moved me to the half mile i think yes sophomore year i I moved yeah right to the half mile and never ran the mile again which i'm a little disappointed at um i think i might have run it once in in the 440 region but Hmm. Wow. Um, That's not too much training. Well, by then, no, not too much training. But then I'm running a high school sport. But it's still just your first year of track. Sorry, I was, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We'll say middle school didn't really count, but maybe. No, middle school didn't count. Okay, so you ran it all four years then. Track, did you ever join cross country? I, yeah, by sophomore oh. year, I joined cross country and ran cross country. Um, one of my proudest achievements, actually, um, was as a sophomore, my first year running cross country on varsity, they had a big citywide meet every year. There were only three high schools in Utica, but they had a citywide meet with the three high schools. And... The top five runners were then invited to an optimist dinner at night, you know, and awarded, you know, like trophies for top five. And as a sophomore, I made, I got in fifth place. Mm, Wow. Um, Got invited to the dinner. um, Made, I was so, another proud moment was, so we had a school newspaper, right? And I'd always, they had, they would do sports luminaries, a picture of someone who in the last month did well in a varsity sport in the high school. And I made the sports luminaries by being in the top five. Wow. So I got my picture, you know, as a sophomore, which is a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. 
got a letter, you know, my first uh, varsity letter. Um, one of the biggest disappointments in high school was um, sophomore year cross country, which was my first year running cross country. I um, I was second on the team. We had a, we had a senior runner who was good and actually got a scholarship to Providence, but I was in second place in every race for our team. And one and the one one race the senior didn't run. I came in first, and I came in first in the whole meet, just a dual meet. Um, so I felt pretty good about that. And at the end of the season, actually at the end of the year, they do all the varsity letters. So all these, they call the cross-country team down, and they are giving up varsity letters. And this is going to be my first varsity letter mm-hmm. as a sophomore, and I'm feeling pretty good. And they call for varsity letters all the upperclassmen. So every senior and every junior on the team, no matter if they didn't run any, you know, you, you run seven runners in a varsity meet, even the ones who didn't make ever run <laughs> in the top seven got letters. And I did not get a letter. And um, me and my friend, who also didn't get a letter and deserved one because he did run a few varsity meets went to complain and um, they said, well, last year we gave out letters and people then quit the team because they got the letter. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that was the, uh, that's the way they ran, you know, sports in Catholic schools. Mm -hmm. You know, the coach would just decide I'm going to do this and whatever. (laughs) But, I did letter the same year in track. Oh. So I did get my varsity letter in track that year. So did does the varsity letter, you know, we associate it with the jacket. Did you well, get the jacket? Well, no. <laughs> um, I actually, I, my mother did, I got, I did have a jacket that was, you know, we bought second half off somebody who okay. graduated. So I did have a jacket and I put it on the jacket. Okay. Um, and I wore it proudly. <laughs> <laughs> with, my pins, with my pins, with my pins, and I've still got that Notre Dame ND. It's a, it was high school, Notre Dame High School, so it's a oh. ND letter. So you were the only one in your family to go to Notre Dame. Yes. Okay. So what was that like going to a different school from your siblings? Um. Did it make a difference? Did it matter? Or looking back. I probably wish I hadn't. You know, it's an all-boys school, so there's, like, no interaction with girls at all. Um, the girls' school was, you know, three, two miles away. So um, there was no, like, social interaction with girls except at a dance, which is, um, you know, a little different. So I didn't date much at all. I didn't really know any girls from the girls' high school Um it was a little, some of the, you know, we were taught by Chris Severian brothers. Some of them were good. Some of them were absolutely terrible. You know, there's no teacher accreditation for these mm. Catholic high schools. So sometimes I had a good math teacher and a good science teacher, which is probably why I'm good in math and science. Our English teacher, I can remember one, once telling us that 
we don't need all the books. The only book we need is the Bible. That's the only book we should be reading. Um, I actually had the nerve when we had to do a book report to ask him if I could write the, about the Valley of the Dolls, which at the time was a very popular book about drugs. And he absolutely said no. Um, we had a religious teacher who was, you know, some brother who probably should be in an insane asylum. <laughs> so it was a very mixed crowd. Didn't have all the sports, you know. Um, I would like to play soccer or be a wrestler. I, um, mm. <clears throat> we did have one intramural wrestling contest. I came in second in that in my weight division. And I thought I, w- I could have been a good wrestler. I would have loved to play soccer because I was a good runner. And I like to play, you know, outside and kick the ball. So um, I missed my calling on, I think, some of the sports. Well, you made up for it in your later dad years. I made up for it. I, th- I think my mother sent me to the Catholic school because she thought I might be a priest. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> Really? Yes. Oh. Yeah. I thought you won a scholarship there. My mother lobbied to get a half scholarship. Oh. I tell him, I, I think he's going to be a priest. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm making this up, but I think. Once, when I was like in fifth grade, I think they, you know, they said, draw a picture of what you want to be. And I drew a picture of a scientist and a priest and was one or the other. <laughs> So I think my mother perked up on that one and said, oh, we need a priest in the family. <laughs> after going through, you know, Notre Dame with some of those psychotic brothers, yeah. I kind of got turned away from the priesthood. Ah, okay. So we're going to cut here, but we'll um, preview maybe the next discussion, how you got into meditation and Buddhism. Oh, <laughs> coming soon. So stay tuned. Okay.